We're here where the before it was called podcast and we are still rocking one week later from the last one where I was talking ACDC with Tom. We are talking the red hot chili peppers, Tom's personal favorite band. Uh, and, And don't get me wrong. I love the chili peppers as well. They're one of the ones on my bucket list that I still need to see, um, see live. Um, and yeah, like, so yeah. So how you doing Tom? I'm pretty good, but I'm Tom on treads, your shaky J, and this is episode 26.2. You did... I actually really like that. That was well done. I like that um, reverse intro where I start talking <laughs> and then you kind of did that. No, I like that. I thought it was really cool. Uh, um, you did the entire intro without fucking up, but you didn't even do the three most important bits. Well, I said it's the before it was cool podcast. I didn't didn't say our nicknames or the episode number. I never say the episode number. True, it's your you thing. don't. That is my thing. There you go. It all just blows into one big shit talk for me. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're talking about my favorite band this week, and uh, some of my opinions on that band are like. People who call themselves hardcore fans of any band have to be able to recognize that a band is good and sometimes a band is shit. And yeah, I can quite quietly, not quietly, I can easily identify when that band is shit or is doing hmm. nothing but shit. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, if you love something, you do identify when they're doing the wrong thing. It's like, otherwise, you're just an enabler. Like yeah. if you're in a relationship and you let someone like do really shitty things, it's like, oh, but I love them. Well, that's not a relationship. That's letting them do what they want instead of actually communicating and making things better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, although I, I was going to say, although I don't have a line to tell them that they're being shit, but I actually do. Well, how about we save it? Yeah, because we've got some interview questions to ask you. Um, but yeah, wow. Okay, so we've gone longer <laughs> in this episode before having a um, tangent. So that's pretty well done for us. We haven't even had one yet. Yeah, I know. Um, so, um, well one done thing, to us. One thing that I was talking to Tom about last week, wait, bleh, last week, wink. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got there at the end. Um, was about us actually doing a top 10 video that was um, top 10 before it was called Tangents. Just thought that could be really funny. And the bigger question that I said to Tom was we could even get someone professional to animate all of our tangents, like weird pictures of us, <laughs> um, which could be very entertaining. Like Could be. Like Tom in the wheelchair, my character just sitting there talking with hands shaking, could be um could be pretty amusing. Could be. Um, if you'd like to see that, let us know. Um, Patreon would help, but if you just like it, Eve, the idea, just let us know because we think it could be a bit of fun. Yeah, um, the more we hear from you, and I've said this before, and it's getting a little bit old, but the more we hear from you, the more we know what you want, and the more we can tackle the show. Not that we'd sell out, but. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, shit, most, honest, most people, Jay, for example, would do anal for 20 bucks. Yeah, I'd, I'd usually do anal for free if they're willing to take it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
but yeah, like um, like hearing from you guys is always awesome, and yeah, like it's not that we like selling out, but we want to do stuff like, and we love feedback because we want to be better and better. I mean, admittedly, any money we get from this usually, well, that you get from this because you're in charge of that side, it goes straight back into the podcast. Yeah. Well, so if you pay money, us, the money sorry. from Patreon hasn't even cleared yet. So, but when it does, it will go back into the podcast. Yeah. And that's our basic view with it. Like if we keep putting more money into it and become more famous, we can interview bigger people rather than each other all the time. (laughs) Uh, Oh God. Don't get me wrong. I love talking to you, but I don't know how often people want to hear us just talk to each other all the time. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Don't even get a celebrity. Like pick up a bum on the outside. He might be more interesting and probably <laughs> slur- and his vocal abilities will probably slur less than Tom's. Oh yes, probably. Easily. <laughs> and uh, he'll probably be more sober than Jay. Um We forgot the intro music. Well, no, because we were talking, then we do the intro music, then we go into the thing. We were still just discussing everything and went on a tangent. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, finally a tangent. Yay, well, <laughs> For this week. Yeah. Um, yes. Because we're yeah, totally so, um, recording this seven days after the last episode. 100%. No, absolutely. It's actually seven days and about 30 minutes after the last episode. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's um throw it back to the theme music. Um, Yeah, you just can't stop the theme music. We can't stop addicted to the theme music. Oh, God, there you go. What? You got it out. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. It was either that or for those about to theme music, we salute you. Um, But I thought Can't Stop would be a bit more fun. Oh, God. Anyway, hit play. This next jam goes out to my man, Tom. Before it was cool podcast. And welcome back to this episode. And we are talking about a band that I have uh, somewhat of an emotional connection to, a physical connection mm-hmm. to, and absolutely um, everything sorry. else. I just, yeah. Well- yeah. I think starting this part of it, Tom, I think you should talk about your big experience with the Chilies. Yeah, yeah. One time when I was 18, I got drunk and had sex with all... Oh, no, not that time. Um... Yeah, because we we know for a fact that at 18, you weren't having sex. You were a good little boy. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. waited till marriage. <laughs> <laughs> problem is then he didn't stop um (laughs) uh two kids no um the experience that jay's alluding to is when i was 17 i got a style affirmation wish because of my disorder because i was given a uh pretty much an end date of my life, which I've surpassed. But you're still beating your stubborn bastard. Yeah, I know. I've surpassed and like left it in the dust. I which... mean, I'm pretty sure that my um my the funeral speech I've written for you has been eaten by silverfish because you've lasted so long. <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> <self-bastard>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, 
So I got a style affirmation wish, and my wish was to meet Flea, specifically Flea, because I was a bass player, or I still am, but uh, I haven't played in a while. But um, my wish was to meet him, get a replica of his uh, bass from the 90s, which was an Ball with Stingray, and uh, get a bass lesson from him. Uh, the problem was, when I was 17, they had just toured in 2006, maybe 2007, I can't remember. I was out of that tour, and I still can't remember. Uh, but they didn't tour again until 2013 for the I'm With mm-hmm. You tour, when they had Line the Big Day Out. And that's when my wish got enacted, because they just weren't in Australia in that time. So uh, yeah. instead of getting a bass lesson from Flea, I got to hang out with the entire band for two and a half hours backstage at the Big Day Out and just got to talk to them. It was so cool. I've still got a set list like framed and hanging in my house. Yeah. And then and, um, during the course yeah. of the night, they kept asking me what my favorite song was. And my favorite song is from uh, the... But the Sex Magic era. It was never on the album. It was on the Coneheads. Uh, uh, what's the CD compilation? Soundtrack. Soundtrack. That's the word. For some reason, the word just flew out of my head. And then uh, later on, the greatest hits, and also what hits? I think it was on as well. But uh, that's my favorite song is Soul to Squeeze because. Mm. Uh, it starts with the line, I've got a bad disease, and it always, always spoke to me. And I said that to him backstage. And then when I was on stage at the, oh, during the course of the night, they had organized it with uh, Ken West, the gig promoter, that I got yeah. to sit outside of stage during their set. So I could clearly see about 55 to 60,000 people and the arena just watching the Chili Peppers play. And they came back. They played By The Way, and then walked off stage. They played the. came back on for the encore and opened with Higher Ground, the Stevie Wonder cover. Yeah, which is amazing. And then straight off that, on the set list, sat a medley of Danny California and Suck My Kiss. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay then. Cool. That's going to be awesome. Uh, and then they stop high ground, and then Anthony got on the mic, and he goes, this next jam goes out to my man Tom. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, like, there is video of me going, what the fuck? Like, can literally read my lips saying, what the fuck? And they started playing Soldier Squeeze for me, and I was like, what the fuck? The crowd went fucking mental, and they were shocked by it. Added it to their big day out set list for every subsequent gig after that, which is pretty beautiful. Yeah. Um, did you? Um, well, I was gonna say you still have that recording. Obviously, are you gonna put that on for? Um, are you gonna put? You should put that on at the end of this, um, so people can actually. I might hear put the, the dedication on. But yeah, yeah. I, the dedication. The, dedicate this to my man Tom. I think is what he said. I remember you showing me the. Um, audio footage and yeah it was really cool yeah like i've got the video of it from mtv but i had to sign a contract saying that i'll never publicly release it 
Okay. But uh, yeah, for anyone that is like that knows me, I will show you if you want to see it. It's okay. somewhere there. I'll just pack away. I know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got okay. the audio of it as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, so first question, and it's similar to one you asked me, is if you were to get rid of one of their albums from their um, entire discography, what would it be? I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, it's simply because it was the leftovers of John Frusciante. Problem is, by the way, it was leftovers of Californication. And, hmm. and uh, if bunch of songs that they've had have always been leftovers, but they've always been retooled leftovers. So, like, they always end up being something really cool that they weren't supposed to be. Uh, John Frusciante didn't get that chance for I'm With You because he left the band. And Josh Klinghoff uh, wasn't allowed to change that much of the content. And also, he butted heads with Rick Rubin. Like they, they did not get along in the studio reportedly, uh, which it was a part of, uh, his unceremoniously ousting of, from the band, uh, cause he just didn't get along with anyone. But in my view, Josh is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm with you just wasn't quite there lyrically, wasn't quite there instrumentally, and it was like it was almost phoned in. Like, I've said this to people in the past, and they always get, like, kind of giggled at, but uh, when I close my eyes and I listen to an album, I'll see one of two images. You know that episode of The Simpsons where the B-sharps look all sharp and jazzed out, and they're singing and they love it? And then later on in the episode, it's the B-sharps singing, but they fucking hate their lives. Yeah. When I close my eyes and listen to certain albums, I'll see either the good B-sharps or the bad B-sharps. And when I listen to I'm With You, I see the bad B-sharps. They were just doing it for the paycheck kind of thing. Yeah. Because, like... Stadium Marketing, by the way, uh, The Getaway, uh, Californication, they all had these, or not, I'll leave Cali because I was from a different era, but the uh, 2000s onwards albums had these amazing feel to almost every album and had this uh, connection it almost feels like with their fans of exactly what needed to be released at that time. And they also had these moments where you just like, that's the Chili Peppers I knew and all yeah. I've always known. But with I'm With You, I didn't feel any of that. No, fair enough. I get you. I get you. Like where you have an album where it's like, yeah, like I think it's pretty much what I said similar to about the newest ACDC album where it's just, just seems run of the mill, just, push through sort of thing. Yeah. Not anything, not so much new, but it's not anything beyond that, which is right. Yeah. 
no, I completely get you. Um, I don't know the album well enough to be able to make that sort of discussion, but I understand the feeling. And uh, the big singles were Rain Dance, Maggie. Yeah, and like look around. I was looking it up on here, and it's just like, I don't actually know any of the songs from that album. Yeah. Um, well, the bassline of Rain Dance, Maggie, is pretty funky. Yeah, it's still not I mean, as good as the up. rest of them. Yeah. Um, no, cool. So that is the first question. The second question is, if you were to pick a Red Hot Chili Peppers song to fuck to, what would it be? <laughs> uh, when you were at your most physically able to of to fuck, sort of thing. Oh fuck! There are so many. Oh god, this Catholic school girls rule from the second album. There's mm-hmm. uh, there's Good Time Boys from uh the first, from the fourth album. Uh, just give it away and suck my kiss from the fifth album. Oh, god damn, there's Around the World and uh, I Like Dirt from the uh, from Kelly, which is their seventh album. Uh, shit, I don't know. Good uh, question. Yeah, probably nobody weird like me from their fourth album, Mother's Milk. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with nobody weird like me. That thing is fast and it's bouncy. <laughs> I was going to say name of your sex tape and that kind of works. Um, fast and bouncy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, okay, so <laughs> the next one, who do you think was the best drummer? Oh, uh, they've actually had more drummers than more people think. They've had Cliff Martinez and Jack Irons, and it's disputed as to which one is the true original, the one who started the band, or the one who recorded the first song, even though they both ended up recording with the band and were both in the Hall of Fame because of it. Uh, Then there was D.H. Pagaro from uh, The Day Kennedys. Then Mm. there was Chad Smith. Uh, I'm going to have to go with, oh shit, it's between Chad and Jack, Jack Hines, uh, simply because he's the drummer on my favorite album, I'm going to have to go with Jack Hines. No, fair enough. Shit. Okay. Uh, that was a tough one, unless you didn't ask me about the other instruments. <laughs> no, I thought I'd go, look. Well, to be honest, well, there was only one other instrument really to ask about, which would be guitar. Yeah. But I thought, you know what? Drums are such an important element in a thing. Especially and, a funk band like them. Yeah. Whereas the lead guitar does kind of fade to the background, especially when you've got two big presents in both Flea and um, Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. Mm, no. No, you don't think so? In the first three albums, Hello Slovak was front and center. Like Anthony almost almost faded into the background because of it. Uh, in okay. their fourth and fifth album, John, like, he uh, kind of stood out like dog's balls because of the way he acted. 
on their fifth album, Dave Navarro. You can't miss Dave. Oh, he's a pretty boy standing in the corner. No, it's Dave Navarro. He does stand out pretty well. And then John rejoined the band, and he was the only one wearing clothes. <laughs> During the Socks on Cox tour? No, that, that was years before that. That was that was with the original lineup, the Socks on the Cox tour. Mm. Fair yeah. enough. That was back in the yeah. 80s. Not fair enough. I don't know enough. I just know of it, really. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. This one's more of like a trivia one to challenge you on. Yeah. What Nicktoon was Flea involved in? I was going to say Beavis and Bio, but that's not a Nicktoon. Ah, uh, the Wild Thornberries. Yep, absolutely. He and played you know the voice of Donnie. Yeah. I thought you'd get that one. Okay. Um, do you know the person who has played trumpet with the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Well, Flea's played trumpet with the Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers. Yeah. Uh, That's who I was going for. Okay. <laughs> that was his original instrument before he became a bass player because his dad, stepdad, was a jazz musician. And he just grew up around all that shit. Okay, fair enough. No, like um, I had a feeling you'd have, you'd know that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> I generally prefer the choice sort of moments. Um, okay, here's a pretty big one for you. Who do you think made the band what it is today? Do you think it'd be Anthony Kiedis or Flea? Oh fuck! Uh, I don't know because. In the eighties, it was Flea. His baselines what made that band famous. And in the nineties, it was the vocal stylings. Like, can you imagine uh, "Under the Bridge" or uh, "Breaking the Girl" or "Transcending" or uh, or "Scar Tissue" or "Other Side" or "Californication" being sung by literally anyone else? It would sound shit. Mm. or give it away. It would just sound shit and forced. So, like, it's hard to say, like, in their formative years, it was all about how well Flea was playing the bass, slapping the bass, <laughs> slapping the bass. So I was taking <laughs> a Paul Rudd in that movie. And then uh, in the 90s, it was all about the vocal styles, and Anthony was front and center because of it. So... I think in different eras, it was both of them, but you can't really discount the fact that they got noticed because of Flea, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, indigestion. So, I would have to say probably Flea is the more important member, and he's the only member never to be kicked out of the Chili Peppers. No, I get you. I get you. Um, because Anthony got kicked out in the late nineties because of drug use, never got replaced, but he got kicked out. Yeah. Um, was it really kicked out or just forced to go into rehab? No, he was kicked out of the band for about two months, two or three months. They received just awards without him and everything, and they were looking hmm. for a new uh, vocalist and everything, but 
They just couldn't find anyone to replace him. Fair enough. Okay. Here's another question. This one's another trivia one. <laughs> In 1990, what two crimes were Anthony Kiedis convicted of? Oh, fuck. Ah. Uh... 1990s, that would have been the Sinead O'Connor era. Uh, was it one driving under the influence? No. Oh, fuck. How do I not know this? Um, shit, you might have actually stumped me on your liver this question. It's rare. Uh,. Was nineteen ninety sexual assault close or just assault? Close. Ah, uh, fuck! I don't know. And when you say, it, I'm probably gonna go, ah, oh, fuck, and then tell the story about it. <laughs> okay, so. Let me just quickly double check it. So it was sexual battery and indecent exposure. I uh, should have got the indecent exposure one. Sexual battery. Would, it was against one of his girlfriends. Hmm. I just can't no, what, which one. But what did he also um, acknowledge in scar tissue that would be considered a crime? Then it was based in the 80s when it happened. Uh, in the, the book, Scottish or the song? The book, Scottish. Uh, shit. Kind of remember, it's been a while since I read that. He was briefly sexually involved with a 14-year-old. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I know he tried to briefly get sexually involved with Deborah Harry. Hmm. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Okay. I've got one last question for you, and this is going to be a doozy. Yeah. Actually, no. I've got two. I've got two questions. I've got two questions. Okay. Okay. The second last question. Can you name every single person? who has been a member for, just give me a second, more than one album. More than one album. Okay, mm. Jack Sherman was only on one album. Uh, Jack Irons, uh, he was a drummer. Cliff Martinez was yeah. a drummer. Uh, Hillel Slovak was the guitarist. Uh, yeah. Well, obviously, Flea and Anthony would just get them out of the way. John yeah. was a guitarist. Chad was a drummer. Uh, more than one album. Okay. Uh, and Josh Klinghoffer. Okay. Did you say Jack Sherman? Jack Sherman. No, he only appeared on the first album. It says here, self-titled Freaky Styley with songwriting credits only. Abbey Road EP and Mother's Milk as a guest appearance on two tracks. Mother's Milk remastered. Okay. But then again, you did say albums. So, yeah, actually, yeah, Jack Sherman. 
I brought him up before, but I thought, well, now nah, I'll leave him off because he only appeared probably on one album. But, okay, yeah. now I get that. But yeah, for most of it, you did pretty well on that. Okay, and the last one that I would probably say is who do you think's the better? Like, sorry, who do you think? Well, I don't know who your favorite is, but who do you think is the. I'm not trying to think of how to put it. Who do you think is more iconic, Red Hot Chili Peppers or um, Faith No More? And we're finishing this episode, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> because that was a silly question. <laughs> uh, Faith No More can get fucked. If people yeah. don't realize this, there's a war between Faith No More fans and Chili Peppers fans. Fade No More really did a fucking rip off everything about the Red Hot Chili Peppers in the early 90s. If you look at them in the 80s, they were nothing like it. Then Mike Patton joined the band, and then they were nothing like Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers had success, and all of a sudden, Mike Patton had long hair and it looked exactly the same as Anthony Kiedis. Mm. Ah, I don't like Fade No More. <laughs> oh, uh, and just so people realize, I have a chili pepper star tattooed to my wrist. That's how big of a fan I am. I had that mm. artwork in my house at the moment. I have one of 5,000 in the world lithographs of the artwork for the getaway hanging in my house right now. No, fair enough. Yes. Um,. I had to do something that'd get a reaction out of you. <laughs> and it worked. Oh, God. Oh. And if I can leave anyone with a uh, with a last minute thing is give The Getaway a chance. Seriously, it's the only album since 1991 not to be produced by Rick Rubin. It's produced by Danger Mouse. Uh, Joe Klinghoffer is the guitarist, extremely underrated guitarist, extremely underrated human being, sorry, indigestion, uh, has elements of their pop funk, uh, punk funk, uh, disco, you name it, straight rock and roll, it's all there, it's a great album, check it out, uh, The Getaway, the new song Black Summer is... Uh, generic at times, but mm. uh, I still I've listened to it about thirty times already. It's just because I can't help it. <laughs> and also, I live in the same region that Flea's dad lives in, Flea's sister lives in, and Flea visits at least twice a year. Do you want to know someone else that only visits twice a year? Your mum. No, no, I live with that bitch. Um, <laughs> no, but she visits me twice a year. Why? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? You probably wouldn't. <laughs> hey, hey, if she's getting some action, I'm not I'm not upset for her. I'm happy for her. Um, but no, other person who visits twice a year. Hey, Damo. Um <laughs> And hey. We haven't done a hey, Damo in this episode, so yeah. Yeah, and hey, Lauren. Now you're just shoehorning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've got to start figuring out more organic ways to do both. 
Yeah, yeah. But it's weird <laughs> doing two episodes, not back to back, but... um. No, definitely back. not. There were a week in between, I swear. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But, um, yeah, is there anything else you'd like to say about the Chili Peppers? Like, you've said, like, an album you thought was should, really deserves more listening to. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share? This is your time to just go. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> I believe, and I have the theory that this is going to be true, because so far it has been right in every single turn, is they're about to chuckle Wiggles. Know how the Wiggles kicked Sam out to bring back Greg, the original Yellow Wiggle, then mm. all the old guard retired. That's what I'm thinking the Chili Peppers are doing. They kicked out Josh and brought back John, who's not yeah. physically, uh, let's say he's not like he was when he was first in the band back in the early 90s. Like, sure, he rejoined through the whole 2000s, but he wasn't quite as good mm. and because of how drug-fucked he was. And, like, physically, not mentally, the man's still apparently sharp as a jack. But he has none of his original teeth, and all the scars on his arms are from heroin, not fire, which is what everybody believes, because his arms yeah. are just like two giant scars. But I believe what they're doing is they kick Josh out to bring back John, and what they're doing is they're, um... They've announced the stadium tour of the world. And would they don't do They only ever do arenas because they prefer the intimate setting of an arena, yeah. not a stadium. But they've announced the stadium tour of the world. They're about to announce their uh, Asian slash Australian leg. Uh, yeah. They've released new music. They've gotten back with Rick Rubin. They're about to release a new album on the 1st of April, the 4th of April, whatever it is. I've already pre-ordered it on vinyl and CD. And, uh, because I'm old. But, um, what I reckon they're about to do is retire. They're yeah, we've discussed this a couple of times. Yeah, they're going to do a full Wiggles on that son of a bitch. And, like, fair enough, I mean, Anthony's 60 this year. We What's the date today? It's like February 20th? Somewhere. 21st. 21st. Uh, so he's already 60. Uh, uh, Flea will be 60 later this year. Uh, Chad and uh, John are a good 10 years younger, but still, they're like in their 50s. It's about time they retire from this little thing called music. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. And considering like, they've been around for a while, they're performing to a very high standard, but yeah. Yeah. Well, they've been around since 83, I think it is. But yes, they formed in 83. The first album was in 84. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've been around and they deserve to retire. Plus, the damage they've also done to their bodies. Yeah. Not just through crazy performance, but through, you know, a lot of substances. Oh, yeah. Like, Anthony first smoked weed at 10, 
first dropped acid at like 11 and first did heroin at like 13. Yeah, it's no surprise that people are like them in particular. They're they're tired. They're old men. They've done a lot of damage. They deserve the time to relax. And Anthony's got a broken back. Like N hepatitis B, I think it is. And like uh when he was sixteen or seventeen, he jumped from a th- four story balcony at a hotel. <laughs> Tried to hit the pool, hit the edge of the pool, broke his back. He didn't even wait for it to heal either. He just walked out because he wanted to go skiing with Flea. Yeah, and yeah, it's been, um, (laughs) like, yeah, he's like, they weren't exactly sane people, like the shit that they did. Like, no, not at all. (laughs) Oh, god, and uh. And I get the arguments that their new albums they've dropped off and they're not as good as like Blood Sugar. But name one Ben as good as their best album. Yeah, and stay consistently at it because it's the best for a reason. If you don't have albums that aren't as good at it as it, like you can't have good without bad. Yeah, like an album can still be good, but it's if it's not as good, well, therefore it's not the best album. If yeah. there's something as good. Exactly, like basic maths. Blood Sugar is their best album, and like, like commercially and everything is their best. It's not my favorite, but it is their best. If you know what I mean. Mm. Like, my favorite is from the eighties, like from the little Slovak era, by the original members. But that's uplift my party plan, but. Mm. Yeah, Blood Sugar is probably the most commercially uh, accessible album. That and Cali. Yeah, uh, Californication was a huge one. Yeah. They had a, like, they had a deep one whole minute, but like between Blood Sugar, Cali, By the Way, Stadium, Mike Adium, they just had a string of great albums. Oh, not great albums, but super solid. String ones. of solid albums. Two of them are great. The other two were all right. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's the end of the episode. Nothing else you want to say? I'm pretty much okay with it. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm just making sure you got your stuff done. Um... Yeah. Yeah, oh, um, a little tidbit. Do you know, uh, I think it was Jagged Little Pill, the Alanis Morissette album. Yeah, both Flea and Navarro were involved in that, weren't they? Yes, they were the guitarist and the bass player because she was in the studio, Sound sound Studios. I, I think it was that. It was something. But she was in the same recording studio as them. And hmm. her session musicians are pulled out and they were like, do you want us to play? We're, our singer's got, uh, our singer's recording or he has um, a metal block at the moment or something. We'll play on your album. And so they went over and played on our album. And do you know who the drummer was? No. Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Ah, oh, cool. 
So that album is the perfect mix of Foo Fighters, Chili Peppers, Jane's Addiction, and Alanis Morissette. It was a pretty big album, Jagged Little Pill. It did really well. Yeah, I know. I just bought it for Taya on vinyl with clear, clear vinyl, which looks so cool. Would have sounded great. Yeah. And her vocals have been awesome on it. Yeah. It's pretty good. Ah, yeah. That's another little tidbit. Yes, yeah. all done now. <laughs> done. Okay. Um, find us at. Uh, you, you're the one that remembers the list of places to find us. <laughs> uh, go on YouTube and search before I before it was cool, and you'll see our logo come up, and have a look at all the top tens uh, that we got up. Uh, go to Twitter at before IWC. Follow us there. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash before IWC, uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash before IWC, that's P-A-T-E-R, no, wait, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Forward slash before IWC. Uh, fireWC at gmail.com. Send us your voicemails. We want to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. We want to, we want your information. We want to make this like, we have fun doing this, but we want to keep you guys entertained. Like, and knowing stuff from you guys helps us keep it great for you guys. Yeah. This is ultimately, this is our show. But our show for you, the mm. people. Like we wouldn't have the tiny amount of success we had have if it wasn't for our listeners. Exactly. And otherwise, we could just call each other on the phone and talk shit the entire time. Exactly. We just thought that our talking might be entertaining for you guys. So let us know. We want to make it bigger and better for you guys until like we end up taking over like Disney and Marvel and we own the world. Exactly. And I reckon we could do a great job with Marvel. Because they have um, not been. That they have sar- not been. That was sarcasm. I was going to say, maybe <laughs> if you're talking Star Wars, but even then, Star Wars has been pretty solid recently. Yeah, in the TV shows. Speaking I mean, of which, Obi-Wan. I cannot wait for Obi-Wan. Yeah, me either. But I am so excited. Um, anyway. Yep, we've done our plug. We've done everything. Um, so yeah, ladies and gentlemen, um, fuck off. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.